For just a moment, I'd like to do a little history. The first president of our country, George Washington, wrote on November the 26th, 1789, as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. That was his proclamation with regards to thanksgiving in our country. Another president that many people prize and treasure was Abraham Lincoln. And he also made a proclamation and setting the date for the fourth Thursday of the month of November wrote, It has seemed to me fit and proper that the gifts of God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens to set apart and observe the last Thursday in November next as the day of thanksgiving and praise to the beneficent Father who dwelleth in heaven. And that was when he made the proclamation for that. You may or may not know that in 1941, Congress voted that the fourth Thursday of November would be the time set for our national holiday. And so many of us have grown up enjoying this time of year as a time of thanksgiving. It was recognized as a time in which many people were enjoying their harvest. And because of enjoying their harvest, they wanted to thank God for the blessings which they have enjoyed. But this holiday simply recognizes what was already in the heart of a grateful people. That is, it wasn't just in our country, but it's all around the world that people look to the God of heaven and express their thanksgiving for the goodness that God has provided for us during the year. Tonight, I only want to explore two ideas with you. I want to explore, first of all, the idea of the recognition of blessings. That is to recognize how many ways and in so many things that you and I are blessed. And then number two, to talk about our response to those blessings. How do we praise God from whom all blessings flow? Let's begin, first of all, by recognition. I thought about suggesting, Brother Steve, that we include the song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One, And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. The truth is that should be the idea of our thanksgiving at this time. I heard in the part of the class in which Steve was speaking with you to ask you, how many blessings could you write down? Could you write 10? Could you write 20? Could you write 50? Could you write 100? I know that many of you may begin to think and say, well, I can... I can think of some, and he asked you for some of those, but I want to point out to you that most of us recognize or appreciate our physical blessings first. That's not necessarily the way it ought to be, but that's what we generally do. And there are some basics. 
And if I were to ask you, what are the basic things of life that God has provided for each of us? Most of you would say, he's provided us food, clothing, and shelter. For just a moment, let me just reflect on a few things from Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25. He talks about not to worry about what we will eat, what we will drink, nor about our body, what we will put on. That's food, that's drink, and that's the clothes we have to wear. He talks about, as you go on further in this passage, he said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he turns and he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, and yet Solomon in his glory was not arrayed or clothed like one of these. And he points out that all these things are the things that the worldly people think about, they worry about. Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Paul put it very simply when writing to Timothy. He said, in having food and clothing, with these we will be content. What that means is these are the basics. You have to have food to survive. You have to have clothing to stay warm. You have to have a place to live. But I want you to think also about health. Those are some of the basics of life. In 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. For some of you young people at this point in life, it appears that there will never be anything wrong in your life. You get a little bit older and there will be occasions of sickness. You get older, there will be occasions of disease. You get older and then you become creaky and have a hard time getting around. You see, there's so many levels to it. You want health. That's a basic thought of God's blessings. But you see, I want us to think beyond just the basics. I want us to think about the bonuses. How many other ways has God blessed us in a physical realm? Well, we don't just have food to eat. We have an abundance of food. We don't just have clothes to wear. <clears throat> if I were to ask how many of you tonight as you got ready, well, I could probably say most of you didn't go look in the closet what was laying on the bed, but uh, you open your closet door and there are clothes this wide and there's some piled in the, the bottom of the closet and you say, I don't want that. I, that doesn't look good. We've got an abundance of clothes. You go home and you open the refrigerator door and there's all kinds of food there and we live in abundance. It's like Luke 16 verse 9. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. You can tell by looking at some of us, we fare sumptuously every day. We have good food. We have food that's edible, that's not ruined and tainted. In fact, the truth is that you and I probably throw away more food than most people eat every day. We are truly blessed. Psalm 73 verse 7 says, Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than their heart could wish. We have so much that we have bonuses, not just the basics, we have the bonuses. 
We sometimes don't appreciate the fact that we live in a peaceful country. You know, I, I know many of you have heard this past week about the number of people who are rioting because they don't like who was voted in as president. That's okay. They could have chosen someone else. But do you realize that when you start thinking about a peaceful country, 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul would write, I exhort therefore that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now listen carefully to verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Not a one of us were fearful tonight that if we gathered together that there would be some authority who would come in and say, you've got to leave. You can't worship here. No, we live in a peaceful world. When Paul was appearing before Festus, there was another uh, lawyer there by the name of Tertullus. And he, in exchanging his pleasantries with the governor, said... Seeing through you, we enjoy great peace and prosperity. Is being brought upon this nation by your foresight. We accept it always in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. I am thankful to live in a country where peace is the norm. I don't want to live in Damascus. I don't want to live in Aleppo. I don't want to live in Baghdad. I don't live where war has torn those nations. It's a peace that we enjoy here. But you know, as you start measuring the blessings that you and I have, you think about the entertainment we enjoy. You can go home and you can turn on your television and you can watch a show that entertains you. But you think about the music. I see our young people many times, they've, They've got these little things, like I've got one of them in my pocket. You plug in headphones or things such as and you listen to your music. Amos chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. He talks about people who lie upon beds of ivory, stretch out on couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for themselves musical instruments like David who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments. Of course, for their case was they were not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. But most of us are like these people described here. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, talked about his life, about all the things he did to make himself entertain. And he talked about, well, I had pools, I had fruit trees. I had everything that I wanted. In fact, when you get down to verse 8, he says, He gathered myself silver and gold and special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers to the delights of the sons of men and musical instruments of all kinds. You see, he had all the music. He had live bands all the time the male and female singers. You see, physical blessings are important. We need the food. And it's great to be blessed, but let me tell you, these are not the greatest of blessings. Luke 12, 23 says, Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Life has some greater important things. So that brings me to the idea of this recognition of spiritual blessings. 
we know that we have all been blessed with the spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 discusses those in detail. But I just want to mention some of these because time won't let me to go into great detail with these. But I want to recognize that one of the great spiritual blessings is God has spoken to us. We, His creation, God has revealed Himself. Hebrews chapter 1, God who spoke to the fathers in times past by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us through His Son. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 says that secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children. God has spoken to us. To appreciate this, all you have to do is just read that long psalm in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 119. And I just chose about four or five verses here, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you realize that God has given you and me directions so that I can not sin against God? Verse 18, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Verse 72 your, the law of your mouth is better than me than 10,000 or thousands of coins of gold and silver. He says, your law has greater preciousness to me than any amount of money. But it's not only a blessing that you and I can have God speak to us, but that you and I can speak to God. In John chapter 11 As Jesus was raising Lazarus from the dead, he's going to speak out his prayer openly. And he says, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Oh, yes, Jesus prayed so everyone would know you can speak to God and His Word. Philippians 4, verse 6, Be anxious in nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. But a third recognition of a spiritual blessing is fellowship with our brethren. Steve did not see my lesson. He just knew. But I thought tonight as he was talking about the blessings that we enjoy, the fact that we can be built up and encouraged and helped along by one another. As Hebrews 10 and verse 24 says that we provoke one another to love and to good works. In Acts 28 and verse 15 Paul's on his way. He's been arrested in Jerusalem. He's already been held for two years in Caesarea, incarcerated for something that he didn't even do. But now he's making his journey to Rome, and he's almost there. And Luke records, and from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as the Appy Forum and the three inns. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage 
You know, sometimes when you and I gather together, it is an enjoyable time to be able to be encouraged by one another. I'm encouraged as I see this great audience tonight. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 1 and verse 11, You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us by the many. You think about the great power that is enjoyed when you and I pray for one another. We pray for one another physically. We pray for one another spiritually. But on the top, the icing on the cake, if you will, is the salvation that was provided through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul would say it like this in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Look what He has done. You can't even put it into words. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's qualified us to be partakers. Look at what God has done for us. All blessings ultimately come from God. Everything that is good ultimately derives itself from God. James 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is the blessing or God is the fountain from which all blessings flow. But now the second part of our lesson is our response to that. If I have a grateful heart and I should be grateful, how do I express that gratefulness to God? What do I say? What do I do? How do I act? Has God revealed to me what He wants me to say and what He wants me to do? Brother Steve made reference earlier to Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Some of you weren't present, so we're going to read that passage again. I want you to observe what takes place. Now, it has happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village and there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. Now listen again. With a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, Were not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? 
And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You think about the way that this grateful heart expressed appreciation. He glorified God with his voice. He came and he bowed at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. Do you suppose that if you and I want to do what God would want us to do, that we with our mouths, we speak out and we say, Thank you, Lord. And that we also not only speak to the Father, but that we also bow our knees to Jesus who shed his blood, who provided our cleansing. Let me mention three specific ways that you and I can show our grateful hearts. The first one is verbal. That is speaking, saying something. That speaking can be accomplished in singing of songs. It can be accomplished in praying of prayers. It can be accomplished in verbal praise to the God of heaven. I remember as a very little boy having to memorize two psalms in my primary class at church. We had to memorize the 23rd psalm and we memorized the 100th psalm. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 105 verse 2. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Talk of his wondrous works. You want to express your thankfulness to God? Sing and speak. I think it's interesting. Ezra chapter 3 verse 11. They were building the temple of the Lord in the Old Testament. The people who saw it were so encouraged, so enthusiastic that God had blessed them to return from a captivity and now to be able to see the, the nation rise again. And they sang responsively. If you want to know what that means is, one would sing one thing and one would sing another like we did just earlier. Praising and giving thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's house was laid. But it's not just what we say, but it's what we do and it's how we give. Yes, a grateful heart says, you have given to me. We've often heard the phrase to return thanks. If God has blessed me, I hear the men who stand around the table on Sunday morning as we have an opportunity to give to say, 
Let us return a portion with which the Lord has blessed us. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over and put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, do you hear that last phrase? The same measure you use, okay, I'm going to just see how much little I can give God. Let me see, have I got a nickel in there? The same measure that you use. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. Or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves people who give because they are thankful and appreciative. Third way is by imitation. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 through 48, he said, I say, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. And then he talks about if you only love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And he talks about greeting others. He says, verse 48, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. What does God want me to do? God expresses His goodness his generosity, his love toward me, he expects me to imitate him in doing that toward other people. One of the best illustrations is found in Matthew 18. He told about a parable about a man who was going to settle his accounts. He had a man who owed him a tremendous amount of money, such an insurmountable amount, he could never pay it. He commanded him to be sold, and he came and he begged Verse 26, he fell down before him and said, Master, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he had compassion. He forgave him his debt. But you know what went on to happen? He found another fellow who only owed him just a small amount in the equivalency of, of our, about $20. He grabbed him by the throat and he says, Pay what you owe. And he, like himself earlier, said, Be patient with me, I'll pay you all. He said, No, you won't. He threw him into prison. Do you know how Jesus responded to that? Verse 32, he said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had pity and compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? You want to know how you can express your appreciation to God is to say that God has blessed me, so I am going to bless somebody else. Many this week will take time to focus on blessing. That's wonderful. That's great. That's biblical. Everyone should take time to try to name blessings one by one. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm serious about this. Sometime this week, you don't have to write them down, but you ought to go through them in your head. Lord, I'm thankful that I have not just food, but good food. I'm thankful that I not only have food, but I have sufficient and enough, enjoyable. Lord, I'm thankful that I have clothes to wear, not only clothes that are comfortable, but clothes that keep me warm during the cold. 
Lord, I'm thanking you I've got a good home to live in. I'm thanking you I've got a mother and a father. I've got a, a brother or a sister. I've got family. Lord, I thank you that you have given me many things that I don't deserve, but that I really enjoy. It's okay to enjoy things in life as long as you keep them in the proper perspective. But Lord, most of all, I'm thankful for the fact that you loved us enough to send Jesus to die on that cross for us. Lord, I'm thankful that I live in an area where somebody cared enough to share with me the gospel message so that I know what I needed to do. Remember, the greatest blessing is the salvation of your soul. We're going to sing the song, Pierce My Ear. For some of you may or may not know, the thought behind that is, in the Old Testament, if a man wanted to be a slave, he loved his master, he says, I want to serve you forever, and he would take him to the doorpost, he would take an awl, and he'd pour, pierce all the way through his ear, and the piercing of that says, I want to stay my master's servant forever. If you're not a Christian tonight, you may be with one of the other youth groups here tonight, let me encourage you, if you know what you need to do to become a Christian, you believe in Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, come forward, we'll let you confess your faith in Christ, we'll baptize you tonight, I can assure you, there's nothing more important than your soul. And I can assure you, you'll live, leave here grateful for what the Lord has done for you. When we sing the song, if you need to respond, we want to ask you to come up to the front. If you're a Christian and you've got sin in your life and you want us to pray with you, come up to the front. We'll, we'll pray with you as well. Would you now stand as we sing together the song?